0: Good morning, Lake House Church. This is the day the Lord has made. That's right. No matter what your circumstances, no matter what your situation, today is the day of rejoicing. And as Kristen said, we both woke up last night, we were just talking, and the same scripture kind of hit both of our hearts. And so God will speak to you in the middle of the night, if you'll just wake up. So I want to talk to you, we're continuing the series that we've been on about our spiritual diet and exercise, and today's message is actually called Walking with God. And uh, you know that uh, I love to go for my walks, and uh, as far as, I do want to tell you that Uh, So far this year, you have eight pounds less of a pastor than you had last year. And so, uh, I'll tell you, when I'm preaching to you about self-discipline, I'm preaching to myself, okay? I'm not going to ask you guys to do things that I'm not willing to do myself. And the Lord started showing me things in my life that if I want to go for the long haul, as long as He gives me life, I need to do some things. And I love to walk. And so we're going to be talking about walking today with God because... Believe it or not, if you research it, walking is one of the most profitable ways of exercising. There are so many benefits to walking. It will increase your uh, heart rate. It'll increase blood flow. It's good for your body. It's good for your mind. I mean, there were all these benefits of walking. So then I started typing in, "How many steps does an average person take per day?" Anybody have a guess? Just want to throw, huh? Three thousand. Three thousand. Three thousand is if you are. Um, very immobile seven to eight thousand is the average okay twelve thousand if you're sherry Heinzman, because sherry's everywhere and actually was even in a march yesterday for the right to life because it was the anniversary of roe v wade that is not the way you cross the lake it was a court dis- court <laughs> get it you know roe versus Wade. um but it is a court decision for abortion and uh there was a big march, there was about 10,000 yesterday, but 12,000 if you're very active. 12,000 steps if you are a very active person. So what that is saying is that if we're doing seven to 8,000 steps a day, you're going to do 2.5 million steps a year. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, how many, how many ever take inventory of really how many steps you're taking? And that means in a lifetime you will walk approximately, this is when we need Randy on a drum roll, but... Uh, 1,115 miles, 115,000 miles will be your lifetime of walking. So then, I researched, who was the first person to walk around the world, okay? And there was a very interesting story. If you go out and just start researching some of these things, it's interesting that it happens. And the first person to actually walk around the world, which means he would walk from a continent to a continent, touch the water, get on a plane and fly, and then touch the water and touch the water, was David Kuntz, K-U-N-S-T from Minnesota, And uh, he completed this on October 5th, 1974, and after walking 15,000 miles, it took him four years, three months, he went through 22 pairs of shoes. Interesting thing though, he started this quest out with his brother. His brother got shot by bandits in Afghanistan, but he still continued his walk. And as Greg Heinzman would say, if he's here, there's a sermon in there somewhere that no matter what happens on your walk, you keep going. So we're going to look today in the Word of God to see another famous walker, and if you, not rocker, Texas ranger. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Genesis 5. Genesis 5, we're going to be looking at uh, verses 21 through 24. This is one of the easiest books in the Bible to find. Just open it up. And after your name, there should be Genesis. Here's what the Word of God tells us. When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. Okay? Now, I looked up what Methuselah meant. See, this is I'm trying to teach you how to go deeper in the Word than just reading everything that you just at point value. Methuselah's name means this. When he is gone, it will come. Now what does that mean, Pastor Mark? That if you look at all the genealogy that's listed, and this is a very short one here that's listed in Genesis that's talking about this. It says that that, uh, Enoch was 65 when he had Methuselah, Methuselah was so-and-so when he had his son, and his son, and this and this. And when you look at the life of Methuselah, the year that he died was the year that the flood came in Genesis 5 and 6. See how interesting that is? See of a God of detail that we have, that he knew that when, Meth- when Methuselah died, his namesake would come to being, and that's when the flood took place. So getting back to the Word of God. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. And Enoch lived a total of 365 years. See why I started walking? Um, <laughs> because Enoch walked with God... Then he was gone because God took him. Isn't that an interesting passage? That God took him. Now to me, Enoch is a very interesting personality of the Old Testament because this, he is one of but two men whom said that he walked with God. There's only two men in the Bible where it mentions that he walked with God. He's only one of the two men that lived on this earth and went to heaven without passing through the portals of death. Now, I thought that was really fascinating. So many of you Bible scholars out there know that there were two men that God took, and that was Elijah and Enoch. So it was really interesting that there are two men. So then if you just start typing in two men where it appears in the Bible, and it's going to pull up some interesting scriptures. First it's going to pull up Luke 24. This isn't a scripture, Austin. Luke 24, 4, and it says, the two men were at the tomb, and it says, why do you look for the living amongst the dead? It will say two men in very white clothing were there. So they're asking a question. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Sounds like a sermon you'd preach, okay? Secondly, Acts 1.10 says this. Why, there were two men. Also, this is when Christ just left his disciples and they're looking up into the sky and they said, suddenly, two men appeared and says, why are you looking in the sky? For the way that he left is the way he's going to come back. Interesting, isn't it? I mean, we've got two men that never experienced death, and it says that all men must taste death, okay? So we have two men that are keep appearing throughout the Bible, and then if you know Revelation, there are two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11 that talks about uh, the final steps before the... Um, well, you just need to read Revelation 11, okay? Now, some will say that one is Moses and one is Elijah, but many people still go back to these two men have never tasted death. Do you see how interesting the Word can be when you just start researching instead of saying, okay, i got ten minutes. How much Scripture can I read in ten minutes? If you have to park yourself on one little passage, even if it's in the Old Testament, park yourself there. And say, God, show me something in this. Go deeper. There is so much more to the Word of God than just that surface. So we shouldn't be always spoon-fed from the, from the pulpit of what we need to get into the, the meat of the Word of God. So we've been talking about spiritual diet and exercise over the last two weeks. So my statement to you now is, if we're going to walk with God in 2011, and we're going to walk with God with a a sincerity in heart, a walk with God almost as Enoch had, there are some principles that we're going to need to bring into our lives. So here are my walking tips for the day. I've got four of them for you. Number one, we must walk on God's side of the road. You know, thank you for one amen. <laughs> Is this thing on? We must walk on God's side of the road because today in our society, we're a very self-centered society. And no one likes to talk about submitting to authority. Man, I'll tell you, there's not a whole lot of songs out there on the top 40 about submit, submit, submit. You know what I mean? It's all about live your own life and be your own person and do what you want to do and you know live to today for today because you don't know about tomorrow. But we notice in the Bible, it says that Enoch walked with God. Now you got that, right? It doesn't say that God walked with Enoch. Isn't that interesting? I mean, take that very little passage. It says that Enoch walked with God. So it was Enoch's responsibility to walk with God. And that should tell us that what's expected of us. That so he expects us to walk with him and to be on the same side of the road as he's walking on. Now, I could go for a walk, in fact, Doug and I have gone for a walk a couple mornings, we'll get up real early in the morning, we'll go to the park. But what if I said, you know, Doug, you walk on that side of the sidewalk and I'll walk on this side, and we'll try to converse between all the joggers and bikers and such. That's not really going to be a great time of fellowship between Doug. He's not going to come back and say, man, I just got to spend some great time with Pastor Mark, and man, it was just awesome we got to pray, as we're yelling back and forth across the, the sidewalk. And unfortunately today, there are people that are walking in the direction with God, but they're on the opposite side of the road. And they're saying, you know, I just don't hear God anymore. I just don't feel God anymore. Guess what happened? A road divided in between the two of you. Are you still walking in the direction of God? Absolutely. Are you hearing Him clearly? No, you're not. And when you're not hearing Him clearly, that's when you need to stop. And all red flags need to be going off in your life. Let me give you some just really free advice here. When you are going in through a time of rebellion and you're not hearing God, do everything the opposite of what your flesh wants you to do. on, That's pretty simple. I don't want to read the Word of God. Then go read the Word of God. I don't want to worship. Then I'm going to double my worship time. I don't want to spend time praying with people. Then start going on Facebook and reading every prayer request you can. Because no matter what your flesh is wanting you to do, that's the opposite of what the the Spirit is wanting you to do. And there are times we got to push through. Because if not, if you don't push through, you're going to get pushed around. And I have been pushed around. And I have spiritually pushed through. And it is much better to push through than be pushed around. And sometimes you guys got to get sick and tired of getting pushed around before you make a stand. Come on, I'm preaching better than amen. And so, It was Enoch's responsibility to walk with them. Amos 3.3 3 tells us this. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet. Okay? Make an agreement that God, this year I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to walk with you in a way that I have never walked with you before. I don't want to go through last year. I don't want to duplicate what I experienced last year. Maybe I am greedy for God, but I want more of God than I've ever experienced in my life. I'm not satisfied with that. I'm not satisfied with testimonies of my grandparents. In fact, when I hear the stories of what my grandparents experienced, it made me realize how lacking my life is. These people experienced God. They would spend all night in prayer. Oh, Pastor Mark, you want to spend all night in prayer? Yes. If you need to break the chains that are holding you down, then do it. I'm sick and tired of eight to five Christians. Oh, you know, I'm all this way. You know what? We've got to be a Christian whether we're in the workplace, whether we're in the school, whether we're in the church, whether we're in the parking lot, no matter what situation. And that comes through walking with God and the responsibility is on our shoulders. Do you know why the responsibility is on our shoulders? Because if we make conditions for God, then we're in control. If you say, well, if God will do this, then I'll walk with Him. There have been so many people I've talked about says, "Well, God did this. God didn't save my family member from the sickness, so I'm bitter at him." Who is in control in this situation? God who created the universe or are you of feeble weak bones? I'm going to put my money on the creator of the universe. And they're coming around snapping their fingers telling what God is going to do and not going to do. Amen. So we've got to realize our position in this relationship. You are not in the driver's seat when you commit yourself to Jesus Christ. That would be the only requiring, that would be only requiring God to see our conditions and to come into agreement with us. I looked at this passage and I was reading, it says that Enoch spent 80 percent of his life walking with God, because it told you what happened. When he turned 65, he had Methuselah, and then he walked the rest of his time with God. So do the math. Then I started thinking about what would happen if I spent 80% of my life walking with God? What would I do if I spent 80% of my day walking with God? That's 19 hours. Oh, Pastor Mark, you can't expect us to walk 19 hours with God. Absolutely. I take God with me into the grocery store. I take God with me to the gas station. I take God with me into the restroom. Okay? Oh, no, you know what? That's a great time to pray. Especially if you're eating something. You know, like, God, please. But you know, it is a time that we have to look for every opportunity to be with God. We don't tune Him off in the morning once you get out of your car and you have the Christian radio station on and tune Him back on at 5 o'clock. We have to live a life consistently seeking Him in every decision. If we sought God the way Enoch sought God, we have no other record about Enoch other than him walking with God. But it made him into the faith hall of fame chapter in 11, Hebrews 11. What an incredible hall of fame chapter to be listed into. Hebrews 11.5 tells us this. By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken he was commended, he was commended as having pleased God. So for you and I to go a long way in pleasing God we've got to walk with him daily. We've got to walk with Him daily. A consistent prayer life. A consistent time of praise. A consistent time of sharing our testimonies with others. Have you told anybody even this year one thing that God has done for you? Not that you got a good parking place at the mall, okay? Something that God has done for you. Have you shared that with anybody? See, we've got to be on alert to look for opportunities We need to be living a lifestyle of holiness. You know, growing up, in fact, coming here today, Austin and I, we listened to some station that was playing some really old gospel music. And man, I was singing along with it. I knew all the words. But it reminds me of a song we used to sing growing up. And he used just sing, And he walks with me, and he talks with me, And he tells me I am his own, And the joy we share as he tarry there No other has ever known. Now, as a kid, I was wondering who Andy was, because he was saying, Andy, walk with me, and Andy, talk with me. I wasn't the smartest kid in the block, okay? But later I figured out, once I read the words, it was talking about my relationship with Jesus Christ. But God's side of the road is going to always be a protected side of the road. You know, a couple weeks ago, I talked to you about, and I don't know why I bring my dog up in every message, but you know, I was talking about self-discipline and imposed discipline. And you remember, imposed discipline is when I have that dog on a leash and that dog does exactly what I want him to do. There is not much freedom for that dog. But when you've ever had a, a dog that you could go for a walk and that dog will stay right by your side, no matter what's running around, no matter squirrels come in, there's whatever happened, he is right there. He's looking at you saying, hey, can I go get him? You go, go get him, you know. But he is right there the whole time. That takes self-discipline. You see, and sometimes we want to be Christians on a leash. You see, we want to do everything out there, and God's saying, no, 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 don't do this. But what he's looking for is he's looking for self-disciplined Christians that can go into that situation, not look to the right or to the left and say, God, can I go get him? And not until God says, go get him, do we start running. Man, we just run out there and we just start shooting everything, especially our mouths. And that's not what God's wanting because there hasn't been the self-discipline in our lives to get us to that point. So it's important that we understand. But there is a protection. And when I'm walking my dog, the reason why I have to put him on the leash is because he will run out on the street. When you're walking on the opposite side of the road with God, you are not protected. I want to be so close to God that no harm or danger comes near me. I don't want to see how far I can get away from them and still get by with things. This is what the Word of God is telling us in Isaiah 35, verses 9 and 10. It says, No lion shall there be, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall what? you see the word? What will the redeemed do? They'll walk there. Isn't that Interesting. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Man, we have too much sorrow and sighing going through in the body of Christ today. We don't have a whole lot of that redeemed of the Lord. Do we? Saying, the joy of the Lord is my strength. We're all walking around saying the burden of this world is so heavy. It's because we're not walking on the same side as the road, of the road with the Lord. Isaiah fifty four seventeen tells me this, that no weapon that has been made to be used against you will succeed, and you will have an answer for everyone who accuses you. This is the inheritance, the inheritance. The inheritance is something that you get because of who you are. You don't earn an inheritance. Do you realize that? An inheritance comes out of love to my children that I pass that down. This is the inheritance of the Lord's servant. Their victory comes from me, declares the Lord. There are some of you going through situations that you have not declared the victory in, especially in the name of the Lord. You're fighting that battle yourself. When the Word of God says, the battle's the Lord's. We're out there trying to do things that He should be doing. You know why? We're just that dumb puppy. We're running around all on a leash. He goes, you know, at some point they're going to get tired. And when they do, then they'll want to walk with me. So it's important that we see this. And I'm not saying that you will never be attacked by the devil. Okay, I wish I could. I wish I could tell you that the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that your life will be perfect What I am telling you is that when those attacks come, you are protected. You may not feel that it's the way that you would have handled the situation, but God handles the situation. God is my strength. God is my portion. So His protection comes from Him and not from man. Excuse me. Number two of our walking tips today. We must walk in the same direction that God is walking. So unless you're walking in the same direction with God, you're walking away from God. Have you ever thought about that? There are times I've seen, and even in my life, I've walked away from God. And I knew that I was walking away from God. James 4.8 tells me, it's the first part of the Scripture, it says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. But there's sometimes I turn the God radio off in my life. And I'm saying, you know what? I want to listen to something else. I don't need God right now. There was a time right after college that I just, I was so frustrated in everything that I wasn't seeing. You know, when God sometimes gives you a prophetic heart, it allows you to see things you don't want to see. And you get frustrated and you start blaming. And, and when you want to blame, a lot of times the easiest person to blame is God. But God still reached out to me and said, Mark, I love you. Come back to me. See, we had to get on the same viewpoint of certain things. I had to come into agreement with God. There's things that God sees that I wasn't seeing at the time. See, God sees sin as an abomination. He does not allow sin. We see sin as misdemeanors. Well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Let me tell you, there's no such thing as a white lie. Okay? There's no such thing as a little liquor store robbery. Okay? If you're going to rob a liquor store, it's not, well, I just, I didn't take all their money. Oh, you know, you should get an award. The thing of it is, is we try to justify bringing in some and mixing it with that and saying, but this is not sin. Because I had a right reason to do this. So it's important that we understand that we're in agreement with God and that we don't argue with God about our sin. We think of our sin as as little trivial things, but God sees that as a big deal. And that's why He sent His Son to deal with it. The most valuable thing in heaven He sent. Our sin will separate us from God. Isaiah 59.2 says, But your wrongs have separated you from God, and your sins have made you, Him hide His face so that He doesn't hear you. So to be in agreement with God means that we have to, to view ourselves in alignment with God, and in agreement with God, walking in the same direction of God. But it also means that we understand our role in this relationship. And you know what our role is? We are servants of Jesus Christ. Okay? I don't care about titles anymore. Okay? I am a servant of Jesus Christ. You are a servant of Jesus Christ. Now, we love titles. We love initials after. Our, and if you have initials after your name, that's great. But I look at Paul, and in Titus 1.1 it says, from Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. And I was sent to lead God's chosen people to faith and to knowledge of the truth that leads to godly life. Now, Paul could have titled himself anything. But when Paul is going around titling himself as a servant, who are we to be going and giving ourselves greater titles than that? See, when you understand yourself as a servant of Jesus Christ, it starts putting us in perspective into this relationship. Because if I were David Carlson's servant, I am there to serve David. If David wants a yard mowed, I mow it. If Paul... Yes, I got a thumbs up. If Paul wants the dishes done, I wash them. I'm not going in there negotiating my daily schedule with them, right? Right. Because I am their servant. I am there to do what they ask me to do. A lot of times we come in before God and tell God what we will and will not do. And that is not our role. So most of Paul's epistles begin with Paul announcing that he is a servant of Jesus Christ. The Lord's going to bless us for walking with him. I'm going to tell you, That once you make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, the world is going to hate you. Okay? I know that's probably not going to make a number one selling book. But I'm going to tell you that the moment that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the world is going to hate you. Luke 21 tells us, 2117 tells us, Everyone will hate you because you are committed to me. What that is telling me is that there is a time, and I think it's coming, that we cannot continue our Sunday-only Christianity. Our decision to follow Christ is going to have to be a commitment that we follow out. Because what we're trying to do is be one way at work, one way at school, one way at church, one way at home, one way on Facebook, one way on Twitter. How many ways are in you? I'm not that complicated. You know why I try not to lie? I'm not that smart to follow up every lie. Because there's a book I read once that said, for every lie you tell, you tell 15 to cover it up. It was called The Power of 15. And I just realized, that seems like more work than just telling the truth. So we have to make a decision if we're going to follow Christ. You only have to listen to discussions on talk radio and read the newspapers. There are groups out there that have multiple agendas. The gay right movement, multiples out there. That anyone who addresses themselves as a believer of Jesus Christ becomes a target. Try running for office in this country today and professing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and see what comes against you. Okay? There are agendas out there. There is what's called the left wing and the right wing. The left wing hates the right wing. They call me a right wing conservative. I'm okay with that. I like that they call me right. Not because I'm opposite of left. It's because I'm doing what's right. Do you understand? Have you ever thought about that? we're called the right wings. Is this thing on, Austin? Because I see the faces. They're just staring at me. We're not doing that translation in Espanol, are we? Okay. I just want to make sure. It's important that we walk with God. My third point in today's message is we must walk at the same speed that God is walking. Amen. See, God does not have everyone walk at the same speed. And speed is not important. I want you to know that. Speed is not important when you're traveling with God. Some assignments for others will go quickly. And some assignments will go very, very, very slow. And man, I'll tell you, I've been in some of those slow assignments, and I'm saying, God, would you please get me out of this assignment? Have you ever been in a checkout lane that's not moving? And then you look, and I don't know if you do this, but I'll look at other lanes and I'll say, okay, there's Courtney, I'm going to follow, and Courtney's walking out the door, and I'm still standing in place. Man, they got the little light flashing, and, and, but I look and there's people behind me, so now I'm invested in this line so I don't leave but man I'm seeing everybody else just right through and sometimes spiritually we're seeing other people just move through the checkout lines with God and man they're just doing things they're walking up to a tree and saying behold and all of a sudden the tree sprouts out and you're like I want that for my yard God I'm killing astroturf over here they're speaking to trees we're seeing things happening in the spirit world and we're like we want that And God's saying, you know what, just walk with me. i got a plan and purpose for you, and you are not them. And I'm like, but God, I want to be like them. He goes, who made who here? Okay, God, I am Mark, a servant of Jesus Christ. And it puts me in my place. So don't walk faster than God. Sometimes we try to speed God up and make Him hurry. And Isaiah 55.9 tells, Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And I'm like, Lord, forgive me for every time I had a plan that I gave to you to say, do this, and this is what will happen. Because my ways, when I look at my comparison to him, are nothing. I look like Lego blocks when he's working in laser technology. He doesn't bring everyone along at the same speed. And there are some that God will slow his walk down so that they can keep up with him. There are some times where he will allow you to repeat things over and over and over until you learn that situation. There are times, excuse me, when I'm in a situation, I'll say, Lord, would you help me to learn the lesson so I don't have to repeat this? Because this is awful. Have you ever had that happen in your life? Thanks, Norman. There are times, man, when you're up at night because you're saying, God, I don't want to go through this again. I didn't know I could hurt this much. So you say, God, would you show me what I'm to learn in this situation so I'm not having to repeat that? That's what God is looking for. An open heart that says, God, whatever you want, forgive me for whatever I've done, but whatever you want. And will you show me what this plan is for my life? Will you show me this season? I don't understand this season. Have you ever went for a walk in the fog? It's scary. It really is. Because what you can normally see, you can't see. And you know it's there, but you're only seeing so many feet in front of you. It throws your whole system off. And there's times when I'm walking with God that it seems like I'm going through a fog. And I'm like, God, I'm not seeing as far as I want to see. And He said, Just stay with me. Just stay with me, Mark. Stay with me, Mark. Don't leave me, Mark. And I'm like, but I want to see God. I want to see more of you. I want to see more of this. I want to see your fulfillment. He's like, just stay with me. So if any of you have been walking through a fog lately, stay with God. Stay on the right side with God. Stay on the right path with God. Stay on the same direction with God. Stay at the same speed with God. Because there are a lot of people out there walking around in the fog. And they don't know if they're walking with God or away from God. And yet I think it says in the Word of God that every person has been given a measure of faith. And I know when they're walking away from God, they sense it no matter what they've ever experienced with God. There are so many times that I sick the Holy Spirit on people like a dog. Lord, would you send the Holy Spirit in their life and convict them that what's making the pleasure in their life temporary would sicken them? Wow! You talk about a powerful prayer to start doing to people you love. Point number four is that we must maintain a consistent walk. You can't walk with him today and skip tomorrow. And when you skip a day, the temptation will be greater to skip a following day. There was a great pianist, Rubinstein. He said, if I miss my piano practice one day, I know it. And if I miss my practice two days, my friends will know it. And if I miss my practice three days, the whole world will know it. And I was thinking of that passage. And this is how I customize this passage to my life. When I skip my time with God for one day, God knows it. When I skip my time with God two days, my family knows it. And when I skip my time with God three days, the world's going to know it. Because we Facebook everything now. And I thought, when am I going to know it? When am I going to realize how much I've lost in the presence and the glory of God? Because it's been so gradual of a release. That the zeal we had when we first received Jesus Christ as our Savior, the passion that was inside of us to share our testimony, just tell people about what God has done for us, how He healed our bodies, we just casually now even think about every once in a while. Because we're so busy doing the work of everything. So it's important that we understand the consistency of walking with God. Point number five. Walking with God brings God's best to us. It was written that Noah walked with God. Remember I told you that there were two men that it was written about that walked with God and Noah was the other. And in Genesis 6... I actually added a few more scriptures because I wanted you to read prior to where I wanted to go. So the first few scriptures are just setting the stage of what was happening. Genesis 6, verse 8. And the Lord saw the wickedness of man that was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord, verse 7, So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land. Man, animals, and creeping things, and the birds in the heavens. For I am sorry that I have made them. Then came verse 8. It says, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Why did Noah have favor in the eyes of the Lord? When everybody else was doing evil and everything else was just do what you want to do. Whatever feels good, do it. If you don't get caught, it doesn't matter. If that's the society we live in, it says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Why did he find favor? Was it through a lottery? I don't think so. I think it was through a continual walk because it said that Noah walked with God. And he's saying, you know what, everyone else, I am just so mad at, but I love this guy. Don't you love this guy? Come here and look at him. I think he was bragging on him. And that was the plan that God had to save mankind. So that the seed would continue through. You need to research that if you want to look into why did God choose Noah. You see, you don't have to walk with God, you get to. Do you realize that? You don't have to walk with God. You get to. God will allow you to waddle in a mud hole as long as you want to. Until you realize that this mud hole has pretty much provided all the entertainment that I can get out of it. I've created everything out of mud that I can think of. And I'm kind of tired of having mud where mud shouldn't be. And all of a sudden God says, Are you ready now, Mark, to get cleaned up and start walking with me? that is a decision that each and every one of us has to make because He is not forcing us robotically to follow Him and to love Him but to choose Him if we're going to walk with God in 2011 I don't want it to be the way that we walked last year okay I'm not satisfied for what we did last year I'm satisfied for more of God I am so hungry for more of God I want more of Him in my life. I want more of Him in my family. I want more of Him in my ministry. Amen. I want him more in the words that I speak and the thoughts that I think. Amen. I want so much of Him that there is so little of me. So if we're going to walk with God, we've got to start walking in the same direction and on the same side of the road and at the same speed. And we've got to do it consistently. And not every other whenever there's just a pretty Sunday morning. That's walking with God. That's spiritual exercise. You say, oh, I don't ever learn anything in church. Here's a series that you're going to learn something in church also how to just study the Word of God start googling some of these words from the Word of God and see what's pulling up you'll find some trusted sources that will become valuable to you and then you start seeing so much more of the Word of God we've got to become hungry for the Word of God and not well I just like that begat, begat and so so begat you know what there are boring portions of the Bible I'm going to tell you But there is some great stories in there if you love history. There is some great redemptive. There are love stories in there, okay? We just got to get a passion for it. And the way we're going to get a passion for that to walk with God is to first receive Him as our Lord and Savior. If not, you're not going to be walking in the same direction with God for very long. I'd like to give you an opportunity today to make that decision and it may be the very most important decision you've ever made in your life you see I'm not talking about if you want eternal life you were born with eternal life the moment you breathed your first breath you were given eternal life and you were given so many years on this physical earth but I guarantee you there are two solids death and taxes do you remember that? and every one of us is going to breathe our last breath and after we breathe that last breath is the decision I'm talking about right now because the only way through the Word of God that it says that we can have a relationship with God is through a Savior, His Son, Jesus Christ, who came and became the perfect sacrifice for us. See, He died on a cross for you and for me. This week I heard that song. It says, and I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. And I've sang that song hundreds of times and it's beautiful lyrics. But the Holy Spirit quickened me that I came to tears over that. Because I really didn't know what it was to see my sin on His. Well, that happened so long ago and I'm living right now. No, He died with you on His mind. We have to start realizing that if there is sin in our life, we have to get it out. Because it's separating us on the other side of the road from God. And I want to be walking right beside God, especially this year. If you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'd like to lead you in a very, very simple prayer. So with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I'd like for everyone to say this. But if you don't just recite it, but if you actually pray the the words to, to God, just like today when Dina was leading us in worship, I wasn't just singing the words, I was singing the words to God as if it was a conversation. And this prayer should be a conversation to God. Would everybody repeat with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life please forgive me change my life fill me with your Holy Spirit I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior and I am saved Amen now if you said that it is the beginning of a beautiful beautiful relationship but it's a relationship that's going to require that you're walking daily in it When I got married to Kristen, we didn't put in vows that I'm only married to her on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. It was pretty much assumed that it's seven days, 24 hours a day. And that was the commitment I made to her. That's the commitment that I made to God. And I'm going to try to live my life for Him fully, 24-7. Which is why we name the youth 24-7. But it's important that that be the consistency that we have in our lives. So if y'all would stand, I'd love to speak the blessing over you as we dismiss. I'm going to ask you also, as in corporate prayer today, we prayed for our city. The Super Bowl is coming. You've seen the commercials. The roads are starting to be blocked off. Sundance Square is being transformed. The people are coming to our home. The people are coming to our land, to our area. And I think we as born-again believers have a responsibility to be praying. Not only for our land, but for our officials, for the people that are coming. And all some of the junk that comes with those people. So as you're driving this week, would you start praying? Especially for Arlington. Would you start praying over the land? If you're just driving down to go to the store, would you make that a time of being an intercessor? Let's start shaking up some of the spiritual warfare in the city. So may the Lord bless you and protect you. And may the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you His favor and give you His peace. So go in His peace. Amen.